0: to spend time grabbing each other's hands or hugging each other's necks or even kissing one another on the cheek if you're so inclined and to see how things are going and to have a conversation with one another ever so briefly and to think I've connected I've done well but a posture of welcoming that we're going to talk about today takes us deeper than that it takes us a little bit further than just that that level of that not that that's bad and, and let me commend us all again. Those of you who are here and have been faithfully here for many years, and those of you who are here and this is your first time and you had to step outside maybe of your comfort zone and shake some hands of people that you didn't know or even have them hug you because we have a huggy bunch here. <laughs> I want to say good on you. <laughs> good on you. Once you turn in your worship folders as we read these two passages of scripture that will be using as a guide to help us today as we talk about this posture of welcome. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 says this, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Come and buy and eat. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast and sure love for David Then Romans 15:7 says this Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God Let's pray Father, guide our hearts today. We pray that these words that are spoken are not my words, that they are your words. And if they are not your words, that they will burn up, that they will be easily forgotten, that they will be blown away with the wind. But if they are your words, Lord, we pray that they will give us strength, that they will give us encouragement, that they will give us rest, that they will dig deep into our soul, into our very heart, and that they will take root, and that they will bear fruit of praise and glory. you that they will transform our lives so that we can know who we truly are who you created us to be before the foundation of the world jesus it's in your holy name we pray amen so over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about a posture so, posture is something that uh, you probably were cor- uh, corrected on as a child. Uh, so, when you hear the word posture, whether you're sitting up straight and your feet are flat on the floor, and don't lean back in your chairs, get correct posture, you might hear that word and it might be a, a, a little um, off putting. It might make you think, oh, I really don't want to talk about posture. I always got in trouble with my posture. So, let me say up front that hopefully this series is not something that is a uh, tisk 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 to correct your posture. Uh, to correct your posture, hopefully what it will be for you is a reminder and an encouragement in the things that you're already doing in your posture. Isn't it always better to get affirmation as opposed to correction? Although correction is often needed, especially when it comes to posture and keeping all of the four. Uh, chair uh, legs on the floor for me at least i tend to lean back too often and need to be reminded to have correct posture and so this sermon series is really going to be about our posture as a church not just as uh, this body here as this gathering of people that gather together but how we operate as ambassadors for christ outside of this so let me say this, if you are here and, and you're not uh, a follower of Jesus and you've not claimed him as something that you believe in, that's okay. Um, you can listen in, because what we need you to do is help hold us accountable, <laughs> okay? We need you to look at us and say, you guys really aren't doing that great of a job at this posture. We need you to do that, and we invite you to consider it. Consider how we look at how we look at ourselves and how we walk and move and breathe and have our being in Christ Jesus as his body. So that's what we're talking about. Today we're talking about the posture of welcome. Peter Drew is an artist out of Adelaide. And most recently, after, over the last few years, he's created something that he had to get crowdfunding for. Now crowdfunding is where you put it out there on the internet and people give money for you to be able to do it. And so he raised over $8,000 in order to put out Uh, an artistic piece that he was doing. And what that artistic piece was was just a poster. And on that poster, it read these four simple words. Real Australians say welcome. If you walked around Fremantle, any, you've probably seen that somewhere. If you've ever been in Melbourne or Sydney or some of the other capitals, you will have turned a corner sometimes and seen a poster that just says Real Australians say welcome. Now when he began to do it, he wanted to bring out the plight of refugees and of boat people who were coming to Australia to say real Australians say welcome. When he was asked about it, he said that his inspiration was the second verse of the national anthem, of the Australian anthem that gave him the courage to write this up. It says these words. For those who've come across the seas... We've boundless planes to share. With courage, let us all combine to advance Australia fair. And he said that it really was courageous for people to move over here. There's a positive sense in what he was calling to do. He went on to say that his intended audience, those people who weren't considering the plight of refugees, was not the only audience that ended up happening. What he realized and what he started getting information from was from refugees themselves that would track him down as the artist and say, that was an encouragement to us to see that real Australians say welcome. That helped us feel like maybe, just maybe, we were safe and secure, and this was a place that we could belong. And so what is the posture of welcome? One thing that we need to recognize right off the bat is this idea of welcome is all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, 36 times just in the Old Testament alone, there are specific references and calls for the nation of Israel to be welcoming to strangers or aliens. One of those is Leviticus 19.34 that says, Love the stranger." Because remember, you once were a stranger as well in Egypt. There are commands about how to care for strangers or aliens and welcome them in. That you can't take all the grain in your field, that you have to leave some of the grain out for strangers and aliens as they walk through. And not only that, we see it continues on in Christ himself. In the pursuit of what he does in us. Some could say that the whole Bible actually is a book of welcome. Now let's be honest, the world today on the outside, and even many churches would say, that's not the case. Christians don't seem that welcoming sometimes. These people that say they're followers of Jesus certainly don't seem to be open to those people around them. They tend to be closed off. But we push back into Romans 15.6. What did Romans 15.6 say? This, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. So how did Christ welcome people? What did that look like? I had to ask my daughter today uh, about a particular song that we sing and wondered if we sang it the same way here. So I've changed the words because I'm afraid you don't sing it the same way here as we sing it in the States. It goes, Zacchaeus was a small little man, a small little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. Now, do you guys say we? He was a wee little man when you sing that song? Very little man, yes. Because I figured you didn't say we, because that means something completely different here. (laughs) In the States, we say we. He was a wee little man. That's another problem that Jesus would have to deal with, isn't it? That passage of Scripture is Luke 19. This is the story as the Bible tells it to us. It says, Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was very rich. That also means he was an outcast to the Israelite nation. He says, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, this man. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. And so he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, Everybody else grumbled. He is gone into the guest to be the guest of the man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation is coming to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man comes to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, the interesting thing about that, when we read the passage versus the way that we've learned the song, think about the song again when you're singing it. As a little child, when we sang that song, Zacchaeus was a very little man, and a very little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. That's how I was taught it. Zacchaeus, you come down from going to your house today. Sounded like he was in trouble. Zacchaeus, you're an adult. Get down out of the tree. Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. You know, that sounds like you don't want to do that. What's Jesus' tenor here? Zacchaeus, hurry. Hurry and come down. So when I was a youth pastor, I used to make the kids say, Zacchaeus, come on down. Because I didn't want them to make them think that Zacchaeus was in trouble because he wasn't. There's two really interesting things that we see about Jesus here. The first thing that we see about Jesus, and it's a good way for us to understand our posture of welcome, is that Jesus is in pursuit. Jesus is the one who looks up. Now, Zacchaeus is looking for Jesus... But Jesus is the one who looks up and sees kiss there. He's in pursuit of him. He's going out towards him. He sees him and he wants to go and says, I need to go to your house. I want to go to your house. I desire to be at your house. Now, Jesus knows that everybody else is going to grumble. Jesus knows that they're going to accuse him of going and being with the sinner. Why? Well, because kiss was a sinner. But it doesn't matter. He pursues. He goes for him. He goes after him. He looks for him. The second thing that we notice about a posture of welcome is this, is that it's open. And what I mean by that, it's not just open in acceptance of that person. See, Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was. He understood that he was this small little man who was a tax collector, who was an outcast, and he couldn't wait to see him. He couldn't wait to be with him. He understood all of the baggage that Zacchaeus had. He understood that he had defrauded the nation of Israel. He understood that he had made himself rich, but that didn't matter. He was going towards him. He was open towards him. But it's not just that, it was an openness of his own self as well. See, Jesus doesn't hide who he is in that place. Jesus doesn't say that he's just some good teacher that's walking by. We know that because Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Only God can bring salvation. And so Jesus is saying, I'm God, when he says that phrase to Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to this house. He says, I am God. I'm the one who brings this. He's completely and utterly open and transparent with who he is. That's the way Jesus operates and works. So what does that mean for us? As people who want to have a posture of welcome, a posture where we are stepping into places that seem to be hard. Well, the first thing is it means we have to pursue. We have to be looking for opportunities to be with people. And not just people who are like us and sound like us and think like us and smell like us, but people who are different than us. We have to be in pursuit, looking at our neighbors and our co-workers, our relatives and our friends. When we're here, present in this place, we must always be in pursuit to see who is new and who is old, whose hearts are heavy and who is rejoicing. That a place of welcoming is a place of pursuit. That's a very small thing that we can do. We can be always attentive and looking, trying to see who it is that we need to be loving and moving towards it's also a bigger thing it's bigger in this that as a body and individuals we should always be seeking and pursuing those who are oppressed that means that we should go back to Leviticus and <laughs> we should go who are the strangers and the refugees Who are those who are downtrodden and hurt? And how do we go out into the byways and the highways to find them? Not because it makes us special. Not because it saves our souls. Not because it makes us better Christians or better people. But because that's what Jesus did. And if we follow Jesus, we should do what he did. So we have to be in pursuit in large and small ways. And then openness. It's very hard to be transparent. It's very hard for us to be open with our brokenness and our, and our hurts and, and who we are, to be able to admit that we don't have everything all together. We want people to assume that we've got it figured out, that we're okay. <laughs> but we don't. And we have to be open about who we are and what we do. Not only that, we can't start relationships with people subversely. Oftentimes, I think the bad rap that comes for us as people of the church, followers of Jesus, is that we try to form friendships with people without being honest up front about who we are. And then all of a sudden, we say, hey, do you know who Jesus is? He's really important to me. And it seems like we've duped the people that we've been trying to be friends with. Because they assume, well, I thought you were just being friends with me. Now you're just trying to get me into this club that I don't really want to be a part of. Right? Right? That's all right. We have to be about who we are. Open in all of ourselves. So if you're a follower of Christ, you have to say, I'm a follower of Christ. That's what I do. Does not mean that I can't be friends with you? Does it mean that I can't interact with you? Does not mean that I can't love you? As a matter of fact, it means so more I can. Listen, you want to know the openness of me? It's this. I really don't like people that much. <laughs> You know why? Because it's work. People is work, isn't it? People's work. The reality is, though, is that God has helped me see just how much I need people. Just how much my heart longs to be with and for people. And that really, they're not that much work at all. And without them, it would be tedious and lonely and broken. But because of people's care and their openness to me, I can somehow become more open to them. What was that kiss doing he wanted to see? A posture of welcome anticipates, acknowledges, waits for the openness of others. See, because in God's great ma- miracles and God's great majesty, what he has done is he provides for us all within our hearts a longing to be connected in some form or fashion with somebody. And it's in that connectedness that welcome springs forth. And we're able to look at one another and go, I don't know that we have anything in common at all, other than the fact You're breathing, and you're flesh, and you're human, and so am I. And that should be reason enough for us to welcome. Peter Drew, that artist that I was talking about, Peter Drew says this, that it takes courage to welcome people who are different than you. That artist recognizes it. He he acknowledges it. He says it takes courage to welcome people who are different than who you are. What are some things that keep us from being welcoming? What are the things that sort of keep us from stepping into that place? Well, one of them is rejection. Sometimes the fear of rejection, the fear that we will not be accepted in our, in, our, in our going towards somebody else. that They'll put their hand up and say, no, I've got enough friends. Thanks very much. That's okay. It's fearful for us, and so we fear rejection. So it makes it very easy to go, well, I've got these eight, nine, nine, ten three, one, good friends, and I'll just stay with them. And even in the midst of that, we're always fearful that we might do something to cause rejection. Because our confidence doesn't rely on God's grace. It relies on our performance. The other thing that maybe keeps us from being welcoming is change. When we begin to rub shoulders with somebody... Our lives inevitably change. Things the way we thought change. The way we do things change. And we begin to change them as well. It's inevitable. Anytime two forces hit one another, there's got to be a reaction. And that reaction is change. And we're fearful of change. We like the way things are going. We like the way that we live. We like, For the most part, I mean, all of us have days where we think, man, things have got to change, right? In crisis, Yeah, things have got to change. But once things settle out and they get a little even again, it's okay. Change is kind of scary. And so we're fearful of being welcoming because we know if we have people come into our lives that are different than us, then I might change. <laughs> things might happen that are different. So how do we handle that? Well, I think we just step into it. The way Jesus dealt with it when he called Levi, or the way we see Levi deal with it, is this. This is in Luke 6, earlier 5, earlier on in the passage. Jesus walking along, and he sees this tax collector, yet again another tax collector named Levi. And he looks at him, he's sitting in the tax booth, and he says to him, Hey, follow me. And Levi, leaving everything, rose up and followed him. Pretty awesome. And then Levi did this. He made a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the tables with him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at the disciples and said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus said, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. How do we welcome? We throw parties. Throw parties. How are we welcoming? We are a place of joy, a a place of care. Um, There was a gentleman that went to my dad's church that my dad would often have to say this to him. He would look at him and go, Hey, are you saved? And the man would say, Yes. And he would say, You might want to tell your face about it then. (laughs) Because the man certainly didn't act or look or respond like he was saved. So if I'm ever blunt, you'll know that I kind of get that, you know. By biology. We should be people of joy, of mirth. We should be people who are throwing parties that are inviting folks into our house, or inviting folks into our place of worship. That when we see people who are new, that we can't wait to meet them and greet them and say hello. But not just to say hello, but to dig deeper. And a place where people can feel pain together and joy together, and love together. I think one of the most um, interesting shows that was on TV in the States when I was growing up was a show called Cheers. It's about a bar in Boston. And the theme song was, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Get away from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where people see. Troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Now, the interesting thing about that is everybody only knew Norm's name. Nobody else knew everybody else's name in that bar. But the reality is, is we do agree with that, right? And welcoming agrees with that. The posture of welcoming says, look, all of our troubles are the same. All of us are the same. We're in the same boat, and God is pursuing us. That he is coming to us just like Jesus did with Levi. And just like Jesus did with kiss. You see, in Christ we are whole. So when we are in Christ, we are no longer separate, but we are together. And it's at that moment that we can have a posture of welcoming. The great thing is this, is we know it's not just on our own. That we get to be welcoming together. Because there are days that you won't feel welcoming. There are days you won't. And that's okay, because there's days that I will. And there's days that I won't feel welcoming. But there's days that you will. Let me say this. If you're here and you're not following Jesus, you've not believed that any of this is true, I would just say this. Oftentimes we have portrayed God as unwelcoming. God as something or some force, or some cosmic killjoy that sits up ready to punish, longing to take names and tick out punishment. As a church, we apologize. We say we're sorry because that's not who God is. God is one who pursues with love. He comes for you He longs for you to transform you, exactly what you are supposed to be. God is welcoming, and he showed that to us through his son, Jesus. And so I ask you to look at Jesus. Look at us. We do our best to be like him. But look to Jesus and hear him say to you, Come, come to me who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Pray. Father, you are good to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you. Help us to be welcoming. Help us to step into those places. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we respond to this word that was given to us today on page 12.